0: Hi, I'm Jeff. I'm a compulsive overeater. Uh, I have been, uh, abstaining, uh, in this program since July 5th of 2009. So that's about 10 and a half years. Uh, I have a weight loss of about 110 to 112, 114 pounds. It depends on the day and how much salt I eat. Uh, but, uh, That is. uh, Those are the numbers, Uh, and I'd like to try and uh, share what it was like by showing you some pictures. I'm going to get fancy here and see if I can do it. Uh, So let's take a look here. Okay, let's try that and try that. And as you can see in these pictures, uh, can you all see the pictures? Somebody nod. Okay, you can see the pictures. Uh, I was a, a chubby kid, fat kid. My parents were both overweight. My mom was one of us. Uh, my dad was what the book describes as a heavy eater, not necessarily a compulsive eater. Uh, they did the best they could. Uh, you, know, I, I, you know, it's taken some work, but it, it, they've certainly did the best they could. Uh, but I suffered from this early. I could tell you all of the. Uh, the difficulties of being a fat kid about everybody picking on you, etc. But most of you who have suffered that know that, and those who haven't, God bless you that you haven't had to endure that. But it was kind of, it was not easy. Uh, let's see here. I'm trying to advance the slides. Let's try and do it that way. Okay. Uh, and so here I am as a you know a preteen, uh, heavy preteen, as you can see. And then I went on my first diet, and that's my dad standing next to me. And uh, uh, I lost a bunch of weight. I was, uh, you know, uh, nor- normal size as you can see, at one point. So there's my first diet, and then as you will see here in the next picture, that didn't really take. Uh, and by the time I got to college, in that picture, both of those one the, the picture of me behind the camera there, uh, was while I was in college at 300 pounds. And again, there's a bunch of stuff that I could talk about uh, that relates to it. But what really happens is that it's it's the classic uh, example from the big book, uh, The Doctor's Opinion. I have an allergy, and I have an obsession. The obsession tells me that food will solve my problems, and I believe it. And then I start. And once I start, I can't stop. And that's how you get to that weight at that age. Uh, you know. And then I was able to have a brief period of sobriety. And I got down to the weight that you see uh, on the other picture, uh, which was, uh, you know, a relatively normal weight, about 190 pounds. And uh, uh, and I thought that life was, was beautiful at that point. Uh, and then I packed my bags and moved to California. And as you can see by these pictures, it didn't keep. The brief period of sobriety was uh, brief. In this case, it was actually a few years of white knuckling. Uh, And then it was back off to the races and, uh, you know, getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And these last pictures show me at my highest weight, which was about 335 to 340 pounds. The scale didn't really register enough. So um, that was, uh, that was, that is basically my history. Uh, I found OA in the 80s, was, uh, uh, had a brief moment in the program uh, where I was able to meet some very nice people like Jack Terrell and Len uh, and John, but, uh, I didn't stay because I didn't really work the steps. I didn't really, uh, I believe step one, I wasn't so sure about step two. So I was back out there for, uh, I left, uh, when I left the program, I weighed 195 pounds. When I came back in, I weighed 335 to 340. So, uh you know, uh, what did they say? Uh, it, uh, my, I have uh, interest on my weight loss uh, because uh, I gain more uh, every time. Every time I stopped, lost some weight and gained it back, I gained more. That, that is my history. So what does all of this mean? What it means is that I can't control my eating on my own. It's just that simple. I'm powerless over food. My life was unmanageable. Now, you know, my highest weight was at my greatest moment of professional success. So you want to say, well, I'm managing my life. I'm making all this money. I'm, I am have 25, 30, 40 people who work for me. I'm respected. I have accomplishments. But it doesn't matter. I couldn't manage my life because I couldn't stop eating. I just couldn't stop. And I have no explanation for why I couldn't stop. And I have no explanation for why I can. So. I was, uh, you know, so after all this great professional accomplishment, then I had a period of difficulty around the 2008 recession. My business I lost a lot of money. I was bankrupt financially. I was bankrupt spiritually. I was bankrupt in every way. And I wanted to get my stomach stapled because it was the easier, softer way, in my opinion. By the way, that doesn't mean if anyone has, you know, gone to weight loss surgery, that's a bad thing. But for me, uh, it seemed like the easier, softer way. And I sought out some professional help. And I sought that out in, a, in somebody I had known uh, from the program back in the day. And they wouldn't see me professionally, but we had coffee. And they Eskimoed me back into the program. So on July 4th, 2009, I had the one last binge because I thought that's how you did it. Now I know that that's probably not a great idea. But there's something that's incredibly soul-sucking. And before I go to the next phase, I just want to talk about this. There's something incredibly soul-sucking about Doing something that you know is against your best interest, that you don't want to do, that you're not happy about doing, but you do it anyway. And that really describes my relationship with food. I didn't want to eat it. I didn't want to start, but I always did. And once I did, I couldn't stop. And that just made me feel like the biggest failure and the biggest imbecile in the world. And... I wore that stupidity. You know, I wore that, and it wasn't what I thought was stupidity. And now I learned that it wasn't. So I came back into the program on July 5th, and I said, okay, God, if you're out there, and I don't know that I believe in you, but if you're out there, I need your help. And I didn't have to compulsively overeat that day. And then the next day, I said, okay, God, we have a day. Uh, You know, if you're out there, can you help me one more day? And I didn't have to compulsively overeat that. And I did it the next day, and the next day, and the next day. And then, of course, my sponsor said, okay, we need to get on the program, and we need to start doing the steps. And the first step tells me I'm powerless over food. We've gone over that. I most certainly am. The second step says I have to come to believe in a power greater than myself, and I wasn't so sure about that as a Delhi Jew, you know. uh, And by that I mean I knew where to get a great corned beef sandwich, but I couldn't tell you what Jews thought about God. So as a Delhi Jew, I, you know, didn't really know. And I was was a hedge your bed agnostic. I didn't want to say there was no God because, well, you know, if I died and there he was, what am I going to say? But I also didn't want to embrace a spirituality because I'm a fact guy. Uh, I hope i don 't think this breaks traditions, but uh, professionally speaking, I have been involved in game shows and in game shows, we like facts double source, no wikipedia you know it 's it's, you know, very much you know I, I want a fact and the definition the dictionary definition of faith is belief absent rigorous proof, and I wanted rigorous proof, so i couldn 't have faith. And then I realized I'm never going to get rigorous proof for or against. You can make every argument in the world, but nobody really knows. So I had to embrace faith. I had to believe there was a power greater than me. And I went down to the ocean to think about it. Excuse me. And the waves wouldn't stop and the earth wouldn't stop turning. It was getting dark and cold. And I said, waves stop, earth stop turning. And they didn't. It literally happened to me. And I realized, okay, there's a power greater than me because I can't stop the waves. I can't make it 10 degrees warmer right now. Okay, I I can't do those things. So there's a power greater than me. Whatever that power is, I need to tap into it because I cannot stop eating by myself. And so I said, okay, God, I don't know. I don't know. But if you're out there, let's go. Turn your will and your life over to the care of God. That can be a little bit difficult when, you know, when you are, um, you know, uh, when you're not sure what God is. How do you turn your life, your will in your life over to something that you don't understand? And, you know, I had to get over that. I had to, to you know, I had to, to work on it, To talk to my sponsor about it, talk to other fellows. And here's the thing. I don't know how God works. I don't know what God's plan is. Usually I can see it much better in retrospect than I, I can read the tea leaves as to what to do next. And so I need to uh, just have faith give it up absent rigorous proof given up absent a specific knowledge as to what you know what god is and it works for me i just i turn my will and my life over i won't go through all of the other steps individually because there's other stuff i'd like to talk about in my remaining 12 minutes And one of that is, you know, uh, that Aaron earlier touched on when he explained his abstinence is how I deal with food because, you know, know, Aaron said that he doesn't eat food that he wants to eat more of as soon as he starts to eat it. And I understand that, but that's pretty much all food. You know, for me, that's all food. Uh, You know, if you, uh, you know, I mean, I, I don't remember the last time I binged on broccoli, but Uh, you know, I mean, it it doesn't matter if it's, you know, chicken, turkey, beef, you know, protein, tofu, whatever it is, you know, I I just want to keep eating because eating soothes me. Eating works quickly. Eating soothes me, takes the edge off quickly. I've often described, uh, OA as a homeopathic remedy versus a pharmaceutical remedy. You know, if you go to the doctor and he gives you a pharmaceutical remedy, you take it and your symptoms clear up quickly, maybe in hours. You take an aspirin and your headache goes away in 20 minutes. You know, OA, it takes longer. It takes months, sometimes years to really figure it out and to really get into the groove. And so I needed to stop eating and I needed somebody to tell me what to eat because The book tells me solitary self appraisal seldom suffices. So if I'm the only one looking at my food, that's not going to work for me because I'm going to. My disease will tell me that a chocolate cake is okay. My disease will tell me that you know a a, you know a, a an entire sheet cake is a serving. You know that's what my disease tells me. My disease will also always find excuses for me to eat. And we've got some great excuses to eat right now, which is why there's 74 of us on this call at this moment, because we want to dispel that notion that sheltering in place in the COVID situation is a reason to eat. And certainly thoughts crossed my mind, but I have a program in place. So I have a sponsor who I share my food with on a daily basis. I also don't make any changes in my plan unilaterally. Now, that's not to say that I can't choose if I want to have chicken or beef as my protein, or asparagus or broccoli as my vegetable. If, you know, I, I, I do have that ability. But if I, you know, I have three meals and two snacks, and if I need to change that in any way, I talk to somebody else first about it because I can't trust my intuition. I can't, I'm not sane around food and I have peace and freedom around food today, but I'm still not sane around food. I get to be, to seem sane and to have this peace and freedom by trusting God, asking God's help trusting another fellow or many other fellows to help guide me along. I learn from everything that I hear from you guys, which is why I go to a lot of meetings and listen to a lot of podcasts because I want to know how you guys are doing it because I want to understand how it works for you. So to see if that works for me, but I make no changes without talking to my sponsor. I'm also blessed with a a group of men, uh, about 20 or 25 guys most of whom have lost over one hundred pounds, the others are on their way. Uh, some are struggling, but most of them are on their way and We get to talk about our issues on a weekly basis. We meet once a week and and we we over breakfast, which you know there's a whole other a whole other story there i won 't go into, but uh, we get to meet over breakfast and we uh, We yeah you know, we talk about our our program and our, and and sometimes how our faith is tested, how our abstinence is tested, and what we've done to not be able to do that. So. I don't talk to. I don't make any changes in my food plan without talking to my sponsor, or at least to another fellow who has is in a similar situation that, to me, and that is someone who is one of your garden variety of readers who has hundred pounds or more to lose. That's you know where I find the strengths for my program. But all of us have people in this in these rooms who we can look at and learn from and talk to. Uh, to understand, you know, how the program works and how to make it a practical program in my life. Because, you know, my life is busy, you know, and I could use that as an excuse. Again, any excuse to go back to the food. My life is busy. I can't stop and have a salad. I can't stop and have, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, you know f- health, healthful food. I need to eat, you know, sandwiches and chips and hot dogs. No, th- I don't need to do that. I don't need to do that. I have to be able to put my program first when my program should come first. Sometimes I have to put my family first. Sometimes I have to put service first. But I always want to put my program first. We're in a really weird time right now. Uh, the, you know, the world is, go, you know, is, is completely upended. And I find that being in the program helps me to not have to negotiate with food, to not have to look at food as the answer. You know, I can't change what's going on. The serenity prayer, accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can. What can I change? I can't change the fact that this virus is, is seeming to run rampant through the world. I can't change that we're sheltering in place. I can't change that my, you know, that, that my work hours have been drastically cut because there's not a whole lot to do. I can't change any of that. So what do I do? I have to accept it, right? The book tells me that acceptance is a key to everything that I, to, to my entire program. Acceptance doesn't mean being overjoyed about it. It doesn't mean even agreeing with it. It means accepting it. And so I'm accepting this. Now, you know, when I was in my disease, I was a liar, cheater, thief, and a corner cutter, a rule breaker, because rules apply to you. They were your rules, not my rules. They're your rules. I don't do that anymore. I get in line. I don't try to cut the line. I don't buy 43 ro- you know, uh, cases of toilet paper. I do all of that stuff that uh, I, you know, I, I do everything that, I, that I'm told to do happily. And so that's the courage to, uh, to, uh, to change the things I can. I can change the fact that I'm an impatient, rule-breaking jerk. I can change that. I don't have to be impatient. I can practice patience and tolerance. I can practice trying to be, you know, I, I can practice, you know, acceptance. I can practice living by the rules and not breaking the rules. And so that's one of the ways that I'm trying to get through this. Uh, it, it, I Unstructured time is not my friend. You know, as a compulsive person, unstructured time is not, I'm not that's not a happy moment for me. What do you have to do? Nothing. Oh, eat? First thing that pops in my head: eat. Is it time to eat? What can I eat? Is there, I can't. I, I, that. So, I need to fill my fill my time. Now, these Zoom meetings are helping me fill my time, uh, as is a bunch of other uh, a, a bunch of other stuff. Uh, my house is cleaner than it's ever been. My files are more organized than it's ever been, and I'm about to embark on learning Photoshop. So, I mean, I've got a, a, a bunch of stuff that I can do. Uh, Plus, you know, I have service commitments in OA. And that's another thing is that I also needed to learn that my program is most important when it's inconvenient. You know, I once saw a movie and the movie said, principles are only important when they're inconvenient. And I find the same is sometimes sometimes true of my program. You know, there are days where I don't think about food at all. I go and have my meals. I don't think about eating anything. And there are other days when the food, you know, uh, calls. Now, part of that is because I need to get a better conscious contact with my higher power. I need to connect more with the program with my higher power. But part of that is just who I am. And I have to learn to say, whoa, you know, program comes first. I don't want to go to the delegates meeting at 10 o'clock today. I really don't, but I'm going to. I don't want to, you know, uh, uh, you know uh, time at this meeting. I, I, I want to sleep in and not go to the 7.30 meeting where I have a chips and candles going. You know what? It doesn't matter. It's inconvenient. I need to do it because the principles are important to live on a daily basis. I've only got a couple minutes left. There's one thing I didn't, I, I, I didn't get to, which I want to say is, uh, is negotiating with food. That was a specialty of mine. You know, even when I was on these plans, these diets, and of course, I was on 17,000 diets in my life. I know I'm bouncing a little all over the place. So I apologize. But it is, uh, uh, you know, I can't negotiate with food I, you know, I personally, this is my opinion, my program, I don't count calories or do any of these points things or anything like that. I weigh and measure six to eight ounces of protein in a meal and vegetables. That's pretty much what it is. F- snacks or fruit or nuts or, or some form of uh, protein like uh, you know, uh, lunch, two ounces of lunch meat or ham or, or turkey jerky or whatever it is. But that's it. You know there 's no negotiation there 's no oh if i if I have a uh, if I have uh, you know two of these now I can have four of them later because those four turn into eight and those eight turn into twelve, and then the twelve turns into thirty and sixty, and i 'm off and running and i don 't want to be off and running because the peace and freedom that I have both around food and around life is so invaluable and has been taught to me by all of you people on the Zoom call, and all of the other people that I, have, uh, that I have encountered in program, even the people who don't succeed, even the people who struggle, I can learn something from. And I'm so blessed to be in these rooms with you. I'm blessed to have learned from you, and I just have more gratitude than I can possibly express to you guys. So with that, I will stop and who has a question? Um, uh, Don was, uh, Don's on the phone. Uh, I see some raised hand icons. Does that mean you have questions? No? Kristen, did you have a question? No? All right. I'll go to the next page. Anyone? Okay, uh, Michael, I see Michael. If you can unmute yourself, please. Michael, we can't, can anyone hear Michael? No, Michael, we can't hear you. Okay, we're going to try somebody else. I'm sorry, Michael, we'll come back to you in a moment. My, anybody, questions? Okay, oh, Kristen, there you are. Hi, I'm Kristen, a recovering over-reader. I um Thank you so much for your share. Uh, I really appreciate it. I'm so grateful that somebody was tech savvy enough to, to set this meeting up via zoom. Um, can you tell me more? You said you were agnostic, but you didn't really want to say you were agnostic. Can you talk more about your, your connection with your higher power now and uh, more about your communication? You sure. Um, so, yeah, I mean I you know I was uh, you know I didn't really believe and I didn't want to not believe but you know I am of the age where it was hip to not believe in god you know I actually took a class in college about why there was no god um and you know, so I was exploring that I was also exploring you know other other faith, you know faith not other faiths I never really seriously looked at changing religions but I saw that there were people uh, who believed in God and seemed to be really peaceful and content. And I saw there were other people who believed in God that weren't. Uh, and so I, you know, I always thought that there was something there. There was something there to a connection to God. And that's why I didn't want to just ignore it. Um, and so uh, I, you know, I literally, um, somebody just started screen sharing, by the way, which you might want to uh, stop. Uh, anyway, that kind of threw me. I'm sorry. I'll keep answering the question. Uh, when I came into program, I literally went down to the beach. I couldn't stop the waves from coming, and I realized there's a power greater than me. My grass grows even though I don't want to pay the gardener, uh, and so I had to, uh, I had to work the steps. I had to come to believe. And when when they say come to believe, for me, that's what it was. It wasn't instantaneous belief. I came to believe. That there was a power greater than me, I came to believe that that power could help me. Now my relationship with my higher power—I talk to God all the time. I, I I say prayers in the morning and prayers at night, uh, and I'll also be walking by and I'll you know I'll smell something that goes you know, oh uh, brownies oh uh, that that sounds like it would be great. Hey God, can you help me not th- yeah not have those? Hey God, can you you know can you? Give me some peace and tranquility around this. Can you help me accept these things? I say it all the time, probably 15 or 20 times a day. I don't know who's answering, but I do know that when I say that, I, you know, I don't have to do that behavior. Every day I say a prayer that says, God, please, just for today, allow me not to binge eat or eat for my own sensual pleasure because sensual pleasure will get me in trouble. And so I'll be at a restaurant and they'll say, do you want guacamole on that? Or do you want salt? And I'll say, ooh, sensually, that sounds great. No, that's not part of my program. So I remember because I asked God to not let me eat for my sensual pleasure. And that, by the way, doesn't mean that I don't enjoy meals at times or most of the time. But it's not about cheesy, saucy, greasy, It's you know, which is what my sensuality wants. It's about what's... Serves my program, what serves my body, and because I ask God for that help, I get it, and i don 't know why. I hope that answers your question. I got a text question actually. I feel like uh Larry King, can you talk about how you work the steps through and how you live in ten, eleven, and twelve uh, and that 's from Diane C by the way uh, so yes uh, uh, can you talk well I mean I, I try to live the program through the, the lens of the 12 steps. I, you know, uh, I turn my life over on a daily basis. Uh, I've uh, done a fourth step I've, uh, and a fifth step. You know, I've, I've taken an inventory and talked about it with someone else because, again, we talked about, uh, you know, uh, my own self-appraisal seldom suffices. Uh, and I've made, you know, I've made the amends. I've asked God to remove the defects. I still have defects of character. Uh, and I still ask God to remove them. Uh, one of the things I've been working on lately is I, I am a catastrophizer, you know uh, you know, my, my kid walks out of the house and he's going to come home in a box. Yeah. You know, basically, you know, my, uh, my default position and, uh, or she is going to come home in a box. And, and I've got to talk myself down from that often, and I you know, often will ask God, God, I know this is a defective character. Can you please relieve me of it? And of course, the book says when you find a defective character, you ask God to help you remove it, and you turn to be of service to others. So I try to do that. Uh, and then 10, 11, and 12, I do a daily, uh, it's really an 11th step if I listen to my friend Harlan, uh, but uh, I, I do a, a daily appraisal, what's going, What what good things are happening, what not so good things are happening and what's keeping me from peace and what my plan for the day is. I also uh, document my food. And when I am wrong and I am often wrong, I promptly admit it and try to make amends. Uh, Working this program does not give me a, a corner on the market of perfection. What it does is it gives me a daily reprieve from having to start eating so I don't have to keep eating. So uh, when I am imperfect, which is uh, all the time, uh, and I, that imperfection has impacted somebody in a negative or even in a neutral way, I do try to make amends for that immediately. And then, of course, I try to be of service. Uh, and, uh, you know, if there was an over-volunteer anonymous, I would be the president of that organization, because it's the only thing I do is be president of the organizations that I belong to. Uh, And uh, you know, uh, and so I try to keep humility in while I doing the service. I'm not doing the service for me. Like I used to, I did service in the community before when I was fat, when I was, you know, 300 something pounds, because I knew you were going to notice me and I wanted to control how you noticed me. Now I do service because I want to help somebody. And so that's how I do that. I hope that answered your question, Diane. Anybody else? Any other questions? Was that you, Lior? Please. Hi, Jeff. I just wrote the question in. Um, My question was, uh, how do you talk to your struggling sponsees about the situation we are in right now? I have one who is really unable to accept this quarantine, and she has been slipping a lot. Yeah, it's a a good question. Uh, You know, uh, two things uh, I try to stress. One is the serenity prayer. I cannot change the situation. I have, you know, if you want to talk about powerless, you know, I'm powerless over food, but I'm certainly powerless over the coronavirus. Uh, You know, I mean, I have no power, no ability to impact that with the exception of doing what I'm told, You know, in terms of trying to keep other people from getting sick, so the serenity prayer really helps me. The other thing is, it, it really becomes a step three issue, in my opinion. You know, am I willing to turn my will and my life over to the care of God as I understand God? You know, if I am, if I so have I taken step one and two so that I'm prepared to take step three, if I'm willing to turn my will and my life over to the care of God, then. Uh, you know, it's going to be the way God wants it to be. Now, I hope that it, that God doesn't want me to get the virus. I hope that God doesn't want to get me me to get too sick. If I do get the virus, I certainly hope that God doesn't want to kill me with this virus. But here's what I do know: if that's going to happen, I want my last breath to be an absent breath, and I want my last breath to be in tune with you guys. Because if that's what God wants, then that's what God's going to get. I'm going to do everything I can to keep myself healthy and to keep my community healthy. But if that's what is in store for me, then that's what is in store for me. I don't need to go out and binge over it. I don't need to eat excess food because I'm nervous about it and I don't want to tie one last one on. I have no desire to do that because I'm more clear headed in this condition than I am in the food. And I want to be clear, as clear headed as possible during these difficult times. So, I don't know if that helps, but and it's kind of advanced program, but yeah. So for newcomers, that might be hard, but uh, we do the best we can. Ainsley, was that a question or was that a a reaction? Okay. Uh, Anybody else? I'm going to go to the next page here and see if there's anybody questions. Anyone? I got one uh, from. Michael said, uh, share anything specific that happened to you this week to get you out of the fear and reminded you that a higher power is working in your life. Um, you know, I don't know that there was anything specific to be honest with you, Michael. I, I, uh, uh, you know, I, I, think it's, a, it's, it's general. It's, it's more general for me. Uh, you know, um, first of all, I, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a fact and stat guy, right? So I run the stats in my head, you know, well, if, some, if this many people are going to get it and this many people are going to, yeah, then and the death rate of, you know, uh, of the people my age is 3.1%. So that means I have a 0.763% chance of dying from this disease and I can live with that. Now, that's not really programmed stuff, but that's just what goes on in my head. Uh, you know, but it really comes down to this. I accept what's going on. I do everything I can to keep from falling into the trap of uh, it's okay that I go out and hang out with my buddies. It's okay that I go, uh, you know, to seven grocery stores every day just for sport. You know, that's not okay. Uh, You know, what's okay is trying to stay home as much as possible, washing my hands and putting hand sanitizer on my, you know, countless times a day and trying to do the stuff that the experts, who know a heck of a lot more about it than I do are telling me to do in order to, you know, uh, mitigate the chances of my getting the virus. And the rest is up to God. If somebody walks in my house and coughs in my face and I get the virus, uh, then I'm going to do everything I can to stay healthy. But, you know, uh, while I have it, but, uh, you know, I I don't, I don't have to fear it because I turn it over to God and God's got, God's got it. And whatever God's plan is, is what's going to happen. And Carol, I do see that. Thank you. Any other questions? Nikki. Okay, sorry, unmuting. Um, Hi, Jeff. Thank you so much for your share. I really appreciate it. Um, If it's not too personal or specific for you to talk about, would you mind sharing um, what your day looks like in terms of working your program and just being a human on earth under these current circumstances. I assume you're not in active production right now, et cetera. That's sadly correct. Uh, but yes, uh, so uh, my day I wake up and uh, before I get out of bed or uh, you know, uh, because I'm an older man, sometimes I have an urgent need to get out of bed, but in the first few moments of my day, I will say the uh, third step prayer, the serenity prayer, and then that prayer I mentioned earlier about uh, not uh, eating, uh, uh, not binging or eating for my own sensual pleasure. Uh, I will then, uh, truthfully, then I check my general email and make sure that nothing is blowing up in the world and I, or my world that I need to attend to immediately. And then directly after that, I email my sponsor. And as I said, I, uh, my email is 10 uh, things I'm grateful for, three things about uh, what's going right, three things about what's keeping me from peace, and three things about what my plan is, and I report my food for the early, the day before. Uh, three or four days a week, uh, I go to a morning meeting. I typically go to 7.30 meetings at Hill Street. Now they're all on, on Zoom, so I get on Zoom and I attend those meetings. Uh, and then I go off to my day. And uh, uh, if I uh, am not in an office or not having a meeting, I try to go to one o'clock meetings uh, a couple of days a week because they're the alternate days to the seven thirty meetings. Uh, I like daytime meetings better than nighttime meetings, but uh, you know I've been to plenty of the other nighttime meetings. But then I go about the rest of my day. I eat my meals. Uh, I talk to God a lot, as I said. You know, hey God, please let me not react to this person. Hey God, please let me have patience and tolerance. Hey God, you know, and 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 for me, it's really informal. My God doesn't really want me to go hitherto and art thou. You know, my God, you know, is okay with, you know, uh, colloquial discussions. So it's, hey, God, can you help me out here? Can you, you know, can you sh- let me have some patience and tolerance with this jerk? Uh, you know, hey, God, can you, uh, uh, you know, can you, Keep me, allow me not to eat this food, even though it you know it looks really good, and everybody is going ooh ah uh, ooh ah, uh, you know stuff like that. Uh, and then at night I do uh, I do uh, two pages from the big book where I notate and make uh, a, you know highlight and notate, uh, and I share that with my sponsor on a weekly basis. Uh, and then um, I say prayers. Uh, I say the Serenity Prayer and Third Step Prayer before I go to bed. Uh, but I'm in contact with God a lot uh, because uh, it helps me. I think we have time for one more, one more question. Adam. Hi, Jeff. Thanks uh, for your share. Can you hear me? All right. <coughs> um, so uh, it is another uh, uh, COVID-19 question. Um, so now we all, our routine has been uh our, all our routines have been interrupted. Um, uh, and it sounds like you have a lot of, you're able to keep a lot of your routine as far as the spiritual aspects go. But are you having any issues with uh, your routines of daily life being interrupted? And how are you dealing with that? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I'm a, I'm an antsy kind of a guy. Uh, I like to be doing things. I like, you know, I, you know, not going out really has thrown me, you know, uh, I actually shaved this morning because, uh, I didn't want to be another bald guy with a beard. Uh, but, uh, I, uh, uh you know, uh, I shaved, you know, uh, you know, I, I said, I want to, you know, I want the, uh, I want to start selling sweatpants because no one's going to be wearing anything but that for the next two months. uh, you know, uh so yeah it's it's impacted my my daily life but you know it's a roll with the punches thing i you i know, i've, I've in, been in production for a long time and so everyday's different anyway uh, and so for me there really isn't a get up wash my face brush my teeth you know get into the car at 8:31 get to the office at 8:57 so i didn't have that sort of very specified routine so for me you know the routine uh, you know, uh you, you know, the routine is kind of the same. I try to normalize my routine by doing the same things that I do, getting up, doing, you know, saying the prayers, emailing my sponsor, looking at emails, getting onto a meeting, you know, talking to other people. And it, it just, you know, uh, just try, yeah. Uh, uh, anyway, my, I'm getting a signal that my time is up. Uh, but if you want to talk about it more, feel free to reach out to me individually. Thank you all for listening to me. Uh, I appreciate it, and uh, I wish you all an easy stay in uh, shelter in place uh, and hope to see you on other Zooms. Carol, over to you.